It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. It was a historic evening for the Orlando Magic on opening night, but just as important as all the history that was made, it was a big night for Jalen Suggs. We'll talk about his added confidence and what he did in the offseason to set himself up for success. Plus, get you ready for tonight's game against the Atlanta Hawks. It's time for Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is October 21st, 2022. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr_omd. underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to chat a little about Jalen Suggs and his big showing and what that, what that means for him moving forward and how he got to that point that he had such a big game Wednesday and hopefully something that will continue. We'll talk a little bit about him. Plus get into some point guard issues the Magic have entering tonight's game against the Atlanta Hawks, and as well, break down tonight's second game against the Hawks. Sorry for coming out a little bit late, but we're going to get this all done, and we'll see you tomorrow again to recap the Hawks game, get you ready for the Celtics as well. But before we do any of that, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA, to search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode is also brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. There is a there is a lot to break down from the Orlando Magic's uh, opening night game against the Detroit Pistons, and obviously we just don't have the time to do it all because there's another game. Tonight, um, there's barely ever enough time. Um, obviously, a lot of history was made uh, on Wednesday night. Paolo Bancaro was the big story, of course, with 27 points. First player to score, uh, the first rookie making his debut to score 27 points. It's Allen Iverson back in 1997. Iverson had 30. Um, setting all kinds of historic marks, you know, joining Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and LeBron James as the only other top overall picks uh, to score 25, 5, and 5 in their debut game. There's a little bit longer list of players who score 25, 5, and 5 that in their debut games that includes Grant Hill and, and a couple other really big names and some names you probably wouldn't have heard of. So it's just one game, and obviously we're excited to see what Paolo does in game number two. The other history-making mo- note, uh, moment of note in Wednesday's game was the Orlando Magic became the first team uh, to have three players younger than 21 years old, score 20 or more points in an opening night game. Um, that may seem like it's oddly specific because it is, but it is still a, a little bit of history that this is a young team. And, and, and it's something that has to be reminded um, because they're going to make young team mistakes just as they did in that fourth quarter. Um, if there is 
a mood or 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 or, or, or kind of a, a bigger takeaway that's coming from uh, from the game on on Wednesday. It is just it is frankly this feeling of the team not getting the win that it wanted, um, not doing the things that it wanted to do, and. Uh, and ultimately, the Magic, I think, understand that it was their own mistakes. Again, take all credit to Detroit for winning the game. They went out, made the shots, made the plays they had to do to win the game. The Magic made a lot of their own self-inflicted mistakes. And that was kind of the feeling that the Magic had. There wasn't a celebratory mood about everything that they that they did and everything that they grew because they know at the end of the day, it's, it's those details that matter. Still, there is a lot worth celebrating, and I think overall, the Magic should feel very optimistic and very positive about the way that they play. And it really should start with how Jalen Suggs played. Jalen Suggs last year came in with all the expectations and hopes for a franchise. When the Magic got him with the fifth pick, it felt like manna from heaven. It felt like the Magic stole something, because... In a, play, in a draft that everyone thought was a four-player draft, it certainly was not a four-player draft, that in a draft where everyone thought there were four elite prospects, the Magic felt like they were once again going to be locked out of one of these great players, and then all of a sudden, they got one of them. Suggs undoubtedly struggled throughout his rookie season. Um, the, the injuries played a huge role in kind of knocking him off course and never allowing him to establish a really strong rhythm. And while he was always really strong defensively, that offensive piece was really bad. And, and teams are still going to play off of him, daring him to become a shooter, daring him to beat them from the perimeter, knowing that he is good at getting to the basket, but knowing that he is still not much of a threat on that end. And so this summer was one of deconstruction for Jalen Suggs. This summer was one of kind of resetting himself and getting in the right headspace and the right mindset for him. As Suggs told us on Media Day, he worked with uh, two of the Orlando Magic assistant coaches uh, to kind of deconstruct a shot from base to follow through, just the whole thing, just kind of understand what went wrong. And he discovered that, you know, while I think well, I think he believes all the fundamentals of his shot are still strong and all the fundamentals are there, that he was inconsistent with them, inconsistent with putting them all together. And so what, you know, I think there, I think there is this phenomenon uh, among these elite prospects where they're able to out-athlete everyone at high school, at the high school level. And then they get into college and maybe it's a little bit tougher, but Suggs still had it a little bit easy at Gonzaga, especially with all the talent that was around him. Maybe, you know, again, I'm not going to fault him for going to Gonzaga. He went to a good situation for him, obviously, but... I do think you learn a little something when you're taken out of that situation. Obviously, the NBA is a whole different animal where everybody is very, very good. And it, and again, it's it's about those fine details. Just like the Magic struggled with some of those details late in Wednesday's game, it's those fine details of your mechanics, of your consistency that make for success in the NBA. You've got to be able to get down and do everything and do it all to be successful at this level. And so Suggs went this summer, again, after the ankle surgery, because again, there has to be an injury with the Orlando Magic. Um, after, after recovering from his ankle surgery, he went to deconstructing his shot so that it could be more consistent, so that he could 
do the same motion repeatedly, the same thought process repeatedly, and eventually gain confidence in it. Because at the end of the day, more than anything else, Suggs said during media day that he went through so much struggle that his confidence wavered a little bit, that his mental game wasn't as strong as it needed to be. Um, and, and again, that's just such a big part of success in the NBA is just believing you can be a success. Not arrogantly, not to the point where you're harming your team, but knowing that when the ball comes to you that they have confidence in you and you have confidence in yourself. What we saw Wednesday then with Jalen Suggs was hopefully a culmination of all these things coming together. In the, fourth, in, the, in the third quarter of that game, he scored 18 of his 21 points, including four three-pointers. Four three-pointers. The third one was this great cut off the move where he set and, set and fired, and it looked the same as the standstill shots. Maybe a little bit more off balance, but the confidence was there. And, and again, confidence with a player as talented as Jalen Suggs is a really dangerous thing. To his credit, he did a great job getting to the basket first, getting some confidence to see the ball go through the hoop in that quarter, and then eventually the three-pointer started to fall. Is this something that will carry over? Is this something that Suggs will do repeatedly over and over and over again? Well, that's, that's a fair question to ask because that's the part we don't know. That's the part where we're dealing with one-game sample sizes, where in the first quarter, Suggs was struggling with the shot. He missed two three-pointers. Uh, in the first quarter. He struggled with some of his decision-making. He struggled with turnovers. He had four turnovers. And as he said after the game, and as he said during media day, the thought process has to be, don't make the home run play. Make the simple play. And that was something the Magic talked a lot about after the game as well. Um, not just Jalen Suggs. Suggs certainly said that, said it in those words. But it's, you know, you don't want to be too unselfish. Sometimes you just got to make the simple play. The play that's there instead of trying to do something crazy or something big or something extra. That's a lesson that the, this whole Magic team is trying to learn. And consistency will be something this team is trying to learn too. But in the bigger picture of things, in the bigger picture of what the Magic are trying to build and what the Magic are trying to do, Jalen Suggs having this moment, Jalen Suggs having this kind of game is huge. It's a huge confidence boost. It's a huge, huge thing in just confirming the work that he put in. The Magic, as they've said time and time again, are going to be by committee. They are going to share the ball. They're going to move the ball. They're going to do everything uh, you know, with what the defense gives them. It will come around again that Jalen Suggs will have to have a big game like this. And certainly in the moment of that third quarter with Boyan Bogdanovich getting loose, the Magic needed all of those three-pointers just to stay in the game. They would have gotten blown out if Jalen Suggs didn't have that burst that he had. And, and kind of spark that offense and give this team confidence to get to the finish line and give themselves that chance to win. Give themselves a chance to make the mistakes that they know they made. And that's the power of what Jalen Suggs did. Now, as with everyone, they have to do it again. And if Jalen Suggs has truly changed his mindset, if he's truly worked and cemented that deconstruction of a shot, this may not be the last time we see this Jalen Suggs play like this. Of course, turnovers were a big issue. We want to get a little bit more into that. We'll talk a little bit about the Magic's point guard problem right now as they uh, deal with injuries at the position. We'll talk about that coming up here in just a moment. But first, 
A quick word from our pals at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting and fo- fo- betting football and the start of the new basketball season. I can't read today. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. As always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information and with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. We had a sports equinox last night with the NBA, NFL, NHL, NFL, and college football all playing. So it is a great time to be a sports fan right now with all those events going on. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Don't forget as well to check out Game to Game NBA. Every moment, every top performance, every result, Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. This is a really fun thing. We do our Locked On Now as I do a quick recap of the game. Locked On NBA is combining all of those. So if you miss anything around the NBA, get the important takeaways from the people who know their teams best. So follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Um, I think, you know, one of the things that came out of Wednesday's game um, right now is just how short the Magic are at point guard. And, and you know, Jamal Mosley, I think, is uh, getting deserved heat um, or deserved criticism for his decision to run Franz Wagner as essentially the team's backup point guard in Wednesday's game. Um, the minutes where Franz Wagner was playing point guard in the second quarter, I, I wouldn't call them quite a disaster because I, I still think the Magic did some really good things defensively. Um, but... Undoubtedly, whatever good rhythm the Magic had offensively, that was taken away by by Franz playing point and the struggles that he had getting the Magic into the offense. Um, I, I, I think that second quarter stretch set the tone for the rest for a good chunk of the rest of the game. Certainly for the next two quarters, where Orlando just couldn't. You know, Detroit was suddenly the aggressors. They were the ones playing with intensity and and, and, and just just more energy. And the Magic were kind of on their back heels a little bit. They weren't attacking as much. And, you know, again, Jalen Suggs, his three-point shooting, helped turn that game a little bit, give the Magic, you know, the Magic were down by 10. They were they were on, they were teetering a little bit. Those three-pointers kind of gave them confidence, put them back on the front foot, really made it a tug-of-war game. The Magic and Pistons are not separated by very much. I, I think that should be very, very clear. 
But what was also clear is it was the Magic's mistakes that cost them late in that game and cost them throughout that game. And, you know, Franz playing point guard was definitely a major struggle. Um, he said uh, after practice yesterday that he was not happy with how he played in those minutes. It's something he's still learning. It's it's something he's still understanding. He knows teams are going to pressure them. Um, and, and it was something the Magic worked on in practice on Thursday. As much as you got to knock Jamal Mosley for going with those lineups and, and, and trying it out, and, and again, I'm not against trying things. I think there's something there. Um, give him credit for going to R.J. Hampton in the third quarter. And, and and again, that was something that also flipped the game. R.J. Hampton was a lot more composed. I, I think you can trust him a little bit more. He's shown throughout preseason, and now in this regular season game, he was the best player off the bench for the Magic, and plus-minus-wise at least, um, just showing that he can play under control, play composed, and, and get this team into their offense. Um, it's still unclear if Cole Anthony is going to be able to play. He did not practice Thursday. He's dealing with an illness. Not clear what that illness is. Um, it's non-COVID, non-COVID, we believe. Um, but he's he was in the gym, so it's definitely not COVID. Um, but he's it's unclear if he's going to be able to play Friday night. Um, having Cole Anthony obviously would help with this team's organization. Um, I was telling my friends and the people I was watching with on Wednesday— just even if the Magic had Cole Wednesday night, I think they would have fared a whole lot better, done a whole lot, uh, done done a lot better offensively. So I think there is something there, and, and I think that the Magic, you know, are obviously kind of holding the ship steady until Cole Anthony can get back, until Markel Fultz can get back, and, and obviously I think we all know Markel Fultz is thrives on pressure. You can't pressure him, you can't slow him down, you can't speed him up. He's playing at his at his speed every moment of the game, and. That's something that the Magic missed because you watched Franz Wagner play point guard and it looked uncomfortable. Just just, just plain and simple. It looked uncomfortable to him. Detroit noticed that. They pounced on it. They pressured him. The Magic weren't getting into their offense until there was like 16, 15 seconds left in the shot clock. You know, again, when Jamal Mosley talks about playing with pace, it's not the number of possessions. The Magic had a pace of 101.5 possessions for 48 minutes. Don't ask how you have a half possession uh, in a game. It's That's... that's kind of how it is. There's probably a double possession in there somewhere. Um, uh, but uh, but um, with Franz, you know, it was clear that he was uncomfortable bringing the ball up. Uh, and so it made the Magic's offense slow. Um, so again, I, I'm, a bi- I'm a big believer of this. Watch when the Magic get into their offense. Watch, not, not necessarily when they bring the ball over half court, although that's important. Watch when the Magic initiate their action. Um, I personally, I think the Magic need to be initiating their action around the 17 to 18 second mark in the shot clock. And Wednesday, 16 is borderline okay. In Wednesday's game, the Magic were not initiating offense or not starting their first action to kind of get into their offense until 14, 13, sometimes even 12 seconds left in the shot clock. That is too late to do anything. And the Pistons really did a good job putting pressure on them and, and forcing them to, to forcing them to slow down and, and play uncomfortably. And, and that's just such a big thing that you have to, you know, you have to be comfortable. Um, teams are trying to make you uncomfortable. Teams are trying to do things to take you out of your set, to knock off your rhythm. And that's what the Pistons did successfully. Franz, Franz understands he didn't play well in that role and didn't succeed in that role. And, and I think that's, that's really important to note. And, and, and again, that's, that's accountability. I mean, Franz, I think is probably the guy most outwardly holding guys accountable and saying, hey, we got to do this and, and, and being, and, and judging by what players have said in, the, in, the, in, the, in practice, he's the one that's really, really super competitive. 
um, and, and is trying to push this team to another level and, and, and wants to win really, really badly. He's everything you want. You could see his frustration, both with himself and his teammates, frankly, um, in that in that game. And, and I, I don't think the Magic put him in a great spot, in a great position. If you're going to run point, I'd like to see Wendell Carter out there with him uh, just to try and make it a little easier, just to have another playmaker that you trust um, out there, a, a good screener to kind of spring him free. Um, I, I think putting him out there in lineups with Bol Bol, Mo Bamba, Caleb Houston, it it, it didn't work. Um, and again, bad bad tactical decision from Jamal Mosley. I, I think that he believed that that Franz could handle it. He obviously couldn't. Um, good adjustment in the second half to bring RJ Hampton in. And obviously the Magic are waiting for some health at that point guard position. You know, regardless of anything else, you got to be able to figure things out. You got to be able to figure it out with the roster you have. That's all you can work with. Um, injuries are part of it. Sometimes injuries hit the same position a ton. It happened a few years ago when Aaron Gordon had to play some point guard. We saw a lot of the same struggles, frankly, when Aaron Gordon tried to play point guard, and he's not nearly the ball handler that Franz Wagner is. And it just shows you how difficult that position is and, and how much these NBA teams can sense discomfort and how much they attack it throughout the course of this throughout the course of the game. And so this is a, an obvious place where the Magic have to find some improvement. The Magic have to improve. Um, Atlanta's bench is pretty good. Atlanta's bench has some feisty defenders. If they see Franz Wagner playing point guard again, like they like on Tuesday, uh, like on Wednesday night, they're going to attack and they're going to pounce it. Uh, and, and so this is just again an area where you know we finally found something Franz isn't necessarily good at. Um, and and now that he knows that, he's going to get a lot better. Um, um, but that brings us to tonight's game against the Atlanta Hawks. And so when we come back from the break, we're going to talk a little bit about the Hawks, what to expect tonight, and what the Magic have to do to get their first win of the season. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So the Orlando Magic continue this little road trip, this little mini road trip. They play six of the first eight games on the road. Every game is going to be a road trip here, you know, even Saturday against the Celtics. We'll get to that tomorrow. Um, but uh, but continuing this mini road trip as the Orlando Magic take on the Atlanta Hawks, uh, going to be a much more difficult challenge. Um, you know, like I said when I previewed the Pistons, the Magic should should beat Detroit if they don't make mistakes. Um, you know, again, that's, that's ultimately what that game came down to. Again, all credit to the Pistons. They made plays. They they ran some great stuff to confuse the Magic defensively. I thought the Magic's defensive communication was awful. Um, that got Detroit free. That got them downhill. That put the Magic in positions too foul. Um, again, I think a lot of the Magic's fouling was reaching because they were late to their spots. Um, you know, being out of position for offensive rebounds. It was because Detroit did work to put the Magic's defense in compromising situations. Detroit's not the offensive team that Atlanta is. Cade Cunningham's very good on the ball. This team has Trey Young, who's very good on the ball, uh, as well as DeJounte Murray, who's also very good on the ball. And so, for Orlando to win tonight, they've got to be really dialed in. They've got to be locked in, and they cannot make the same mistakes that they made against Detroit. 
Atlanta is very good at getting to the foul line. Trey Young is extremely crafty. He's going to get the guys a few times. But you cannot, you got to be more disciplined with your hands. More importantly, you got to be more disciplined with your pick and roll defense. Um, you know, switch. Make Trey Young a shooter. That sounds weird, but Trey Young's most effective when he's in the paint and dishing out to the perimeter and getting your defense all messed up. If Trey Young is just hanging on the perimeter shooting threes, that's how you beat Atlanta. Atlanta will fall in love with three pointers. Force them to stay a perimeter team. That is how you ultimately beat this Atlanta Hawks team. What you cannot do against Atlanta, you cannot turn the ball over, especially with DeJounte Murray now. They can get out in the break, and really where Trey Young kills you, Trey Young kills you in two ways. Pick and roll, getting downhill into the paint where he can dish out, where he can dish out, or kind of hit those step back mid ranges, and in transition with three pointers. Atlanta wants to thrive on defensive confusion, whether that's creating a pick and roll where you have to make a decision how you're going to guard it, especially with a guy like Trey Young, or in transition where they catch you trying to defend the paint and all of a sudden Trey Young's trailing the play, they kick it out to him, he hits a three, you're already too late if you're not meeting him at the three-point line. Um, that's how Atlanta thrives. Um, and, and obviously their offense is very, very good. They don't turn the ball over. The biggest mistakes they make is just falling in love with three-pointers. Orlando's defense should be able to do a better job keeping them out of the paint, but like I said, I really disliked Orlando's defensive communication uh, in Wednesday's game. I thought Detroit was able to create some actions that created confusion. And Orlando often would send two to the ball or would send none to the or would send two to to the roller. Uh, They wouldn't send anyone to the ball, and then two guys would have to go to the ball because they weren't sure what they were supposed to do. Orlando just has to be smarter and better about what they're switching and what their coverages are. And 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 again, not be late. They can't be late um, to, 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 to their help. They've got to be able to defend well. Atlanta's not going to go for offensive rebounds as much, so I don't think that will be as big of a problem. But again, you turn the ball over, you let them get out in transition, they're going to kill you. If you uh, aren't dialed in defensively, they're going to find ways to, to kill you. Um, Atlanta's defense, I think, is much better. They've got some good size. Clint Capella is obviously a great rim protector. Dejounte Murray gives them some good some good offense, some good defensive burst as well as, as a great you know just kind of stealer. I love. I, I watched their game against Houston this morning. Um, I love the addition of Aaron Holiday. I think that he gives them a really feisty defender off the bench. So, you know, DeAndre Hunter is a really good defender as well. Atlanta is not going to kill you, kill you defensively, but they are. They look much improved defensively too. They're not the sieve that they were the last couple of years. So you're going to have to work for your offense. I think Orlando has some good size. Obviously, John Collins and Clint Capella um, are di- are difficult are big guys too. So it's not like the Magic are killing them with size. You do have to kind of spread them out a little bit. Um, Orlando's going to have to be really locked in offensively as well because again, Atlanta will kill you with ter- if you commit turnovers. So. Missed shots aren't going to kill you as much. You know, long missed shots will. So Magic have to make sure they get their paint touches. Again, that's an area where they really struggle as well. They don't get paint touches. They just settle for those three-pointers. So again, this game's going to come down to Orlando not making mistakes and being dialed in defensively. We got to see the defense take a step up. Um, I thought the Magic, again, same thing as in the preseason. I thought the Magic generally were fine defensively. I thought they were okay there were moments where they lost where they lost track of offensive rebounders. There were moments where they fouled a lot, and then just some miscommunication, allowing Boyan Bogdanovich to get threes, allowing Kate Cunningham to get down the hill, allowing Jalen Duran to get into the paint. Those kind of things were the things the Magic really struggled with. Otherwise, I thought the Magic were okay defensively. So they just got to kind of build on that. Um, like I, I mean, I will say this: I think a lot of the problems the Magic had Wednesday against Detroit 
are problems that can be corrected. They're not things that are like, they're not things that are endemically wrong with the magic or just, just something that are some things that are just like, oh, this is going to be a problem that they can't solve this year. They can be better not forcing, not, not turning the ball over. Um, that comes with cohesion. That comes with experience. That comes with getting Markel Fultz and Cole Anthony back when that eventually happens. Um, defensively, defensively, it's just about trust. It's, it's about understanding your schemes, understanding your rotations, um, and trusting that, hey, when you get beat, go to the next, trust, trust that someone behind you is going to cover you and you have to go cover for them. and You have to go to the next part of your responsibility uh, 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 on that defense. Um, again, rebounding is something that is completely correctable. And so, you know, you want to see those things get correct, and I think the Magic will do a little, do a better job with those, but Atlanta's obviously a much more different and difficult challenge uh, than Detroit is uh, on Wednesday. So it should be a good game against Atlanta. Going to be an uphill climb for sure for Orlando, but certainly one that they are capable of, of climbing if they do the things they know that they are supposed to do. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You can, of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Hit your tune in him. Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the places in the podcast to your podcast enable listening device. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can, of course, find, it, uh, find us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Follow along during the game uh, as I provide commentary on what's going on. Now that you're done listening to us, Go make your second listen locked on NBA. The NBA season is here. Our local NBA experts and insiders have you covered on and off the court all season long. All the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's available on YouTube, Odyssey, and wherever you get podcasts. That's good to do for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. We are going to do weekend episodes. We are going to do game day episodes over the weekend. So we will see you tomorrow to break down the Orlando Magic's game against the Atlanta Hawks. Talk a little bit about opening night at at the Amway Center against the Boston Celtics. And of course, we'll be back Sunday to talk about that game against the Celtics as well. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this is Phil Boston Wright. We'll see you all next time for another episode of... Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.